Leonard Bernstein, Bradley Cooper, gets a prime gig conducting the New York Philharmonic. He meets Felicia, Carrie Mulligan, and despite an attraction to men, marries her and embarks on a decades-long marriage. From Bradley Cooper, a special holiday bonus episode, Maestro. And I'm a mama. I'm Ryan. I'm not a mama. And ding dong, ding dong, <laughs> ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Crash! Crash! Clatter! What is, what is no. that? <laughs> What's that at the door? Knock, knock, knock. What's that down the chimney? <laughs> oh! Is it, it, a, is it my husband's boyfriend? <laughs> My, get out of here! He's 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 get out of here! Oh, you uh, keep is it Snoopy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and this is uh, Mama needs a movie. This is a very special holiday edition. Uh, we we you, I'm sorry we didn't wrap it. We used a, a gift bag that we received for our birthday. But hey, it's it's given with love. Uh, this is our very special discussion of Maestro, which has started streaming yesterday, and we both immediately watched. <laughs> We uh, had, this is almost like an emergency session. We've been doing, this month mm -hmm. we've been doing a, a loan for the holidays. Mm -hmm. And Maestro is just this thing. Like when you saw it, you said, you know what would be good is just, let's just do a Maestro episode. Why not yeah. release it right before Christmas, right, you know, right just in time for people's Christmas commutes or whatever uh, going to and from. And, and so this is it. Uh, a happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas. This is the Maestro bonus episode yep. yep and i think uh it, well it's interesting to know i watched it on netflix but you watched it at the premiere i accidentally went to the premiere of maestro do you know that that, <laughs> that happened? happens to me all the time where i'm like oh i'm sorry i'm at julia roberts christmas party it's so awkward <laughs> well well I, this i did not act i wouldn't say it's accidental i knew because mm -hmm. around this time of year as a guild member mm -hmm. uh striking um, almost stri all year well, I oh, was striking. Oh, okay. All right. I was just want to let you know yeah. that you're not striking anymore. But you, I get now various... you're just not working. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I get various. These aren't like personal invitations. These are just more yeah. like form invitations for like, do you want to come to a screening of right. whatever, yeah. uh, any any movie that could be up for awards this time of year? You know, I went to one things. We went to one for Killers of the Flower Moon. We go to like mm -hmm. different kinds of mm -hmm. ones, you know, every year. And so I was like, I kind of want to see Maestro in a theater and I like to see it in a nice theater. And I saw that they were playing it at the Academy Museum and it was going to have feature a talk with Bradley Cooper and Steven Spielberg. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, well, this is incredible. I'll, I'll reply to this. And I got a ticket to go or whatever, a free you know, pass to go or whatever. And I showed up and I realized slowly that it was the premiere of the movie. It was the Los Angeles <laughs> premiere of Maestro. Uh, at the Academy Museum, the Academy Museum has two different theaters. One's called the Geffen Theater, and it's a big theater where they do pre the premieres. And the other one's called the Ted Mann Theater. And they said, oh, you're downstairs in the Ted Mann Theater. Ugh. So I wasn't in the theater with Carrie Mulligan and, and Bradley Cooper and Spielberg and everything. I was in this like ancillary theater. And uh, so none of the stars were, were there except for... Bradley Cooper uh, did come down. We had to wait an extra 30 minutes for him to come down and and say hi, but he did say hi. And I'm going to play the little clip of Bradley wow. Cooper saying hi. 
This is an exclusive. I mean, not really, but it's it's the exclusive to the video that Ryan took. You may <laughs> so not I'm actually sorry. hear this anywhere. <laughs> this may not be available anywhere else. Hold on one second. Oh, here we go. Yeah. And, uh, and it's Leonard Bernstein's fucking music, which is beautiful. And, uh, and so that's, uh, you know, that's some punk rock right there. So without further ado, this is Maestro. Thank you. Thank you. So Bradley's telling us that Bernstein's punk rock, which is, I mean, we're already, yeah, (laughs) but I watched the movie uh, there at the Academy Museum and then, um, and then afterward there was like a big reception with no celebrities, just a bunch of Netflix goons hanging Uh out, eating, and Uh I didn't want to get COVID right before the holidays. So I, um, like just wore a mask and like didn't eat any of the food and left like in, was there, was there an eye sculpture of, of Leonard? Sure. I wish <laughs> Netflix can't afford that anymore. They can't afford that kind of thing. You know what? This actually makes me think of I just watched The Bandwagon, which is a great Fred Astaire musical. And um, in that movie, he opens a play and uh, it's a, it's an adaptation of Faust. Faustus and uh it's a it's it's like way too serious and it, it just basically doesn't work. And he goes to the premiere party and there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna leave." And then he goes to the cast party, and everybody's there, and it's great, and it's fun, and they have a great time, and they're like, "This is a mess. I think we can fix it." So it's a great kind of like, like in the context of uh, this, it would be like the Netflix executives would be at the bandwagon <laughs> with the with the ice sculpture. That's what it felt like. I felt like I was not at the right. I was not in the right room. I was like, "What mm-hmm. room is this? Like, no one's here." And it's, I mean, a million people are here, but it just seems like a bunch of people that are not even related to the movie. And I'll tell you something else. We'll get into the movie. Mm-hmm. The whole point is to talk about this movie. But yes. the reception at the premiere was rather cold. It was not, there was, I was, there were, yeah, it, it, it was, a little bit, there were multiple walkouts in the middle of it. Like there was like kind of like, which I know, I don't know, maybe people have seen the movie people are, already. People were offended to find out that he was uh, uh, tan. <laughs> this is a movie's about a tan man. I, ain't watching like, this. I didn't know he was going to be tan in this. Yeah. Um, but anyway. You saw the movie last night, and I'm 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 running around like a chicken with my head cut off. I'm I got I'm I'm trying to prepare all this holiday stuff. I got, mm-hmm. but you you called it like two hours ago, and you were like, "Should we do a Maestro episode?" I dropped. No, everything. I don't even think I said that. I said we should do a Maestro. We should, <laughs> so I was like, "Fuck it, let's do it. Let's get on it. Let's hey, let's punk do rock." <laughs> Man, this is a punk rock episode. This is a punk rock podcast done by a mother. The most punk rock thing you could possibly do. How punk rock is this? Is this episode of my movie? Are you going to get kicked out of the DGA for recording audio of the premiere? I hope so. I don't have to pay okay. dues anymore. All right. Well, good. Right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. That's that's it. That's all you need to say. Um, yes, I went into this knowing that there that there had been a premiere and that Bradley Cooper was at it. Uh, and that, uh, Maya Hawk is in it. And I found that very confusing. Um, and I saw the movie Why? and I still find it confusing. Why is She's it confusing? I think because I didn't realize how many years it took place over. So I was trying to figure out who must she be. Is she like another girlfriend he had or something? Um, I didn't realize it spans enough time that she has like a 30 year old daughter. She's an adult daughter. Daughter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. An adult daughter. Yeah. yeah, who talks That's exactly like Uma it. Thurman. They have an adult daughter with a voice of Uma Thurman. Yeah. I think that's, I mean, that's part of the the mystery of this movie is uh, how, how, how did, 
I was saying this to you right after I watched it, but I was like the um as we as we talked about with uh on our previous episode of the um uh Jean Delmon episode about the the giant baby in Cold Mountain that mm-hmm. Natalie Portman holds. It is seeing seeing Maya Hawk and um, Carrie Mulligan hugging is really like seeing <laughs> that giant baby grown up because it's like, oh, that's not there's no you're obviously the more adult one. And they yes, also look yeah. like they're the same age. There's some some, you know, some movie magic. There's movie, movie magic. magic. There's makeup. But it's a little bit like, yeah, the high school play thing of like, come, come, daughter. And you're like, you're both uh, 18, guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're both yeah. six and a half. You don't need to pretend. <laughs> um, but I thought, like, watching it, I was like, okay. And I'm, I was coming off of watching Napoleon, which I thought was uh, character-wise between Napoleon and Josephine. Fascinating. Loved it. Every other element of the movie I found unwatchably boring, and I quit. So I was like, all right, give me some give me some good people drama. And this movie is so dramatic. It is like a uh, it, it's like a Joan Crawford movie. It's a, it has that flavor of a movie that was made in a different era that is just so it's so unironic. Like it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't hold itself in a way that's like, oh, it's not defensive. It's just, it's just like this, this is the best, isn't this the best thing? And I know people like that and, uh, it's hard to not make fun of them. (laughs) Um, but I also, I also appreciate it. I appreciate the just full tilt boogie kind of attitude (laughs) this movie has. That's like, yes, I'm wearing full, like, what was the, what was the, the Austin Powers character, uh, fat, fat bastard. bastard. He's it's like that level of makeup. That he's, he's in a, sort of a fat bastard style uh, getup. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's it's so much makeup that it's like, I, I mean, to me, it's like on the first day when you sit in the chair and you're trying mm-hmm. to look like the actual guy Leonard Bernstein. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you notice how much time it's taking to look like him? And say maybe there's another guy who can play this part, and then I'll just direct it. You would think so. You would think that you'd go, yeah, I, I'm putting a lot of shit on here. I mean, it makes sense for the <laughs> scenes where he's older. And honestly, I saw this movie on a on a big screen. Uh-huh. I looked at that makeup. It's good makeup. It is high. Oh, it's, it's, it's great excellent. makeup. They've I think it they've is. made advancements in this because now they can like 3D scan you. And I was like yeah. looking at his face as an old man, and I'm like, this looks great like this is some yeah. really good prosthetics they have in in his the scenes where he's older he yeah. looks it looks like real skin texture but it's but, when he's young <laughs> it's when yeah. he's younger or you like you look like like it's like he's just so pointy he looks like he looks like beavis and <laughs> he does look like beavis you immediately texted me <laughs> i think that was the first thing you texted me is like watching maestro he looks like beavis <laughs> Because he looks like, but then as he gets older, it's like, okay, all right, it softens. It doesn't look quite so insane. But it's, you think? I wonder if Beavis will soften as he gets older as well. Maybe he'll become uh, sort of a. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what Beavis is up to. I hope he wasn't involved January sixth. I really I feel like that's, he might have been. I don't know. Or watched Let's go to the Capitol. <laughs> yes, it just feels like a way he could have gone. You know. So he's uh, he's under all this makeup. Um, 
Somewhere, uh, yes. I mean, yes. like, I guess it's like if you're watching just uh, if you're watching the movie, the first image you see is a uh, this movie. Uh, vast. Basically, the movie opens in like sixteen by nine framing and then goes into one three three Academy ratio for like uh-huh. two hours. And then yeah. at the very end of the movie, you get like some 16 by nine or whatever again, but basically opens with these little bookends of him as a very old man. And well, then not, he was like 70 when he died. Oh yeah. Not, he wasn't like, yeah. not, well, I didn't say 102. Yeah. I mean like for the, no, but I mean, no, you, you knew you, one thing I respect in this film before getting into the plot of the movie. You look kind of like this. I can already tell you that you kind <laughs> of like this movie because Joan Crawford is it's, it's camp. It's, it's, it's total camp. And I think, I think but is like, it intentional camp? No, because okay. intentional camp isn't camp. You can't intentionally make camp. I'm not John Waters, so I don't it's have like full authority on that. Yeah, but I think you have, in yeah. order to make true camp that you can love, uh, that that has a heart to it, you have to meet that heart with heart and humor. Mm-hmm. It's like you're meeting their sincerity with laughter, but you're also meeting it with your own sincerity of like, I had a good time. I mean, it's insane, but I had a good time. And I think if you're making camp with sort of like a prickly, ha ha, it's camp, it's alienating and it's, it's, although it may work sort of like commercially or something, it doesn't have the, it, it it's, it's, you've gone astray. Well, <laughs> you've it's gone, the thing. You've gone yeah. astray. And that's what, that's yeah. what's endearing about, about good campy things, which is most John Crawford movies really is like, there's a sincerity behind it. It's just like breathtaking. Like you're going, yeah. you're doing this so hard and it's working so little. <laughs> well, it's the thing of being in on the joke. It's like, there's a million things. There's like R Kelly and, um, well, uh, that's uh, Tommy was so and these behavior? kinds of guys. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying that regardless, I'm just no one. If I say that, yeah, of yeah, course, yeah, that's the first yeah. thing I ever thinks. But they've made like Trapped in the Closet or, or Tommy was so's the rumor or the, the Neil Breen movies or these kind of movies that people they go, oh, uh, these are so fun. And then they and then the guy gets in on the joke. They realize that it's a comedy right. and they're like, yeah. oh, we're going to do comedy. And then it's like sucks. And they then everything they do sucks after that. And uh, so maybe a, maybe for true camp to camp, I actually don't understand. I thought I understood it. And then years ago at the um, Met Gala, the theme was camp. And I was yes, like, yes, and no one I, did it. I was like, so I don't no understand one knows camp. what it is. I don't know. No one understands. <laughs> this word is meaningless. Nobody yeah. They're like, uh, <laughs> someone came dressed as a tent. They were like, someone's like, camp. <laughs> I got like a flamingo and a, and a, and a uh, palm tree on that's camp, uh-huh. right? Like, no. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah. I think, but I think that what you're saying maybe is true of this film, which is that there's a level of enjoyment, which has, is perhaps is, is unintentional. It's just Bradley Cooper being making a movie with all his heart, and yeah. you know, and it's not, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> I agree. I it's agree. Not good, but and I think we, what... at la- finally we agree on something. <laughs> Maestro is not a good movie. But I think, but I think in a certain light, it is good because there's mm. a way that he is attempting to make this movie. He's he's attempting to make as uh. Like the movie starts out and it's him. He's he's hopping out of bed. It has these these canted angles. It's like I, oh, by the way, I like this shot. The shot with the yeah. blacked out room. Yeah, and then, so yeah. blacked yeah. out room. He's getting yeah. a phone call that he's going to be able to conduct at Carnegie Hall, which is an incredibly big deal. He's like essentially like an understudy conductor, and he's twenty five. And he hops out of bed and smacks this guy. He's who's in his bed on the butt, and it's like. 
oh, we're establishing that this guy is young, effervescent, thrilled to be alive, has sex with dudes, and it runs out directly into the theater. Like, I don't think he actually lives at Carnegie Hall, but spiritually, that's what it's he's like a just transition. Done. It's like yeah, one of those it's transitions. Like he's, yeah. he's, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is very like a, um, you know, it's very zippy, kind of like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But then from that moment of being like, you know, it's a different time. It's like it's when being gay would have been among artists completely fine and no one would care. It, outside of that would have had a different attitude than now. Then there's this this whole period where he meets his wife, Felicia, and <clears throat> the movie is seems oddly uninterested in in what was actually going on with that like what did was he really was he truly interested in her or was it some sort of like if he wanted to be a conductor maybe there was an element of like it's probably a better idea if you marry a lady wait a minute you think the movie's uninterested in this i as far as the movie i saw this was the only thing the movie no but that that, to a fault yeah but to the the beginning of the movie where you would maybe have they they're so vague about it is what i mean they're, they're in terms of what, how she feels about it yeah they well or how they actually address it uh-huh. because in a, a a real situation between two people who ostensibly have sex with each other at some point they have a conversation but the movie just shows them being like she's like oh you know you must be free and be yourself and let's give it a go and it's like right but did you say i have sex with men and she said, that's fine. Let's get married anyway. That's what I'm talking about. It's well, like, she it's said, not- in the park, she does say, doesn't she say like, I, I know, let's give it a go. Like, I know who you are. Let's give it a go. Right, but this that is a Carrie is Mulligan doing a transatlantic. Was that? <laughs> that's euphemistic. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Because I think establishing early on that they actually had a true upfront conversation, not a, hey, you know, if sometimes you, uh, you know, need to need to hang out with your friends and I don't want to know what that means. Like, what is she actually saying there? Because later in the movie, it is very significant how much she actually understood about what their relationship was going to be. I, I agree with you on that point that the movie spins like, but OK, so this is Leonard Bernstein who, you know, is a great American conductor, composer, and the, it's almost Isn't like the movie. Leonard Bernstein? I feel like it's Bernstein. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not falling for this trap. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm whatever. However <laughs> I pronounce it, however you, however you <laughs> however choose you to pronounce it, it in right. your however home you is that, okay. Right. Well, because right. I think of S- uh-huh. S-T-E-I-N as Stein. Because if you have it as one name, it's Stein. Okay. Well, I, right? I will, you know, we'll say it however, I'll re-edit the episode to pronounce it however. How does he say it in the REM song that they play during the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, camp. camp. Uh, yeah, it. they do find some room. They do find room for that <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. They, they, they uh, it's, you know, there's a million ways to tackle this story. And the movie is, is so consumed. This isn't a movie where like, it's like, oh, it's a, let's look at a guy's um, achievements in music and then occasionally cut away to his wife and see what's going on at home. This movie's like takes place all at home. It's yeah. all in the essence of this relationship. And so yeah. to have maybe a somewhat cryptic 
depiction of this of whatever the arrangement was that involved other lovers, other people, him bringing in men, women. What 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 was it? Did she? Yeah, consider what was it? the deal though? Because if yeah, you're and, tell and me I agree that that's a little bit cloudy. That's cloudy. Yes, yeah. because then later when she's like, "Well, I understood what I was settling for. He could never give me what I wanted," and I'm like. What so then? What did you agree to? Because that is an essential part of this. Because if you said, "Hey, you're attracted to men mostly, but you're into me, and I want to get married, and I want to have kids with you," and he was like, "I absolutely want to have kids, and I absolutely want to have a family life, and I want to have sex with men, but this will be my 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 primary partner." <laughs> if that's the conversation that they had, then later when she's like, "Well, he wasn't enough," then it's like, "Okay, well then you sh- you shouldn't have said." You, you like perhaps you should have uh, addressed that with him earlier. My, my sense of it was that they did not. They were not open. They were not 2023 20, people. They were like 1940, 53 people or whatever. And they they his wife, Felicia uh, uh, Montalegre. She's Chilean. Montalegre. I um, love that name, though. It's she talks like Felicia Montaleg- Montalegre yeah. is like. That is a name that you say to someone when you're lying. You're like, my name is F- 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 Felicia. It's an art. It's an art vandalay. Yeah, it is. Totally is. Yes, it is. It's an art vandalay. Which uh, you know, Maestro is of course a great Seinfeld character. That also. is the Maestro. <laughs> when you hear the name Maestro, do you think of Bradley Cooper? Do you think of Seinfeld's Maestro? I think of both, and I think yeah. Elaine probably would have a great time dating him. Oh, she'd love the maestro yeah. for a she fling, a great time. for like a little yeah. fling. Yeah, we'd all that, love the maestro. But I mean, I I she, think the problem for me is that that it's like you're making a movie where you're very much emphasizing the relationship they have, which apparently his, his children are extremely involved in this movie. Which I think that's why it's a bit confused. Always a bad sign. Always a bad sign when the family's well, I mean, too involved. I mean, for the best reasons, for the yeah. kindest, gentlest and most loving reasons. And I think that's why it ends up being campy because it's like you have a bunch of kids who each have their own perspective on what mom and dad were like. And apparently one of the kids is like, well, I think mom kind of died young because of all the pressure of being married to him. And then was like, yeah, you know. Is that real? Yeah. Oh, wait, is that? Oh, okay. Wait, is that the movie? I forget. No, 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 that's not Uh, a movie. This was an article I read afterwards because I was like, where does this story come from? (laughs) Like, and I guess it was like Bradley Cooper kind of uh, doing a May, December and going and hanging out with them. And then not, not, not the, not the. Like what, what researched what with them, research the part. Yes, 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 he yeah. wasn't doing anything weird with them. Let me mention Natalie. We're Portman talking about again. 2023. Uh, <laughs> Todd Haynes, May December, May December, where he, he she sort of yeah. embeds herself in that situation, yeah. and apparently yeah. that's sort of what happened. So I think there's some um, there's some like well you know like we we love this person, but he was also. One of the other things they said about him is like you know he wanted us all to do well, but it was very clear that there was one star in the family. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually isn't really particularly represented uh, in favor of well, you know, he 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 was he was he was gay, and so he was pursuing these other relationships. Not like his ego was so vast that he cheated on his wife, which is a different. I mean, it's a it's a different way of phrasing the same thing. Like maybe mm-hmm. you were having sex with a bunch of people, but one of them is like, well, you know, in that era, maybe he couldn't be gay, so it's a little bit more like. Um, 
and forgivable is the wrong word, but it's a little bit more like, oh, well, in that context, what choice, what choices people had were more limited than they are now. This was the best arrangement he could arrive on to be gay right. and have a family and a life and a full right. to, to have it all. Yeah, because you, he yeah. couldn't be like, oh, I'm going to, you know, go with this uh, clarinetist and um, Matt Bomer, uh, the clar- uh, yeah. David Oppenheimer, not or no Oppenheim, not Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Uh, that's like, another so... movie. That's another movie from 2023. <laughs> you might have heard of. And then he was so upset about being yeah. dumped. Uh, that he went and invented the atomic bomb. Exactly. Oh, so many layers. He was so like, I'll layers. show you. Oh, the, um, yeah. Here's my thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Leonard Bernstein is a gay man. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's he's someone's gay husband. Most husbands are gay. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> met a straight husband. I swear to God, this thing, right? this is... Where is this? Where is this this is so going? pervasive. I'm like, I'm like, Bradley Cooper treats it like it's, and I mm-hmm. understand for the time, for the era, for the this, for the better, the bullshit, blah blah blah. I'm like, this is not that big a deal. It's not even that. It's not even that crazy of a story, and it's something that a lot of people deal with. A lot of women, Earth to Bradley, have gay husbands, and it just kind of is oh it just kind of works out yeah it's it, it do you love seeing your husband go and sneak off and do this uh, no but this is but, a fascinating theory i've never heard this from you i'm unaware that most he wants it to be he wants it to be opera grand opera and it's like not that i don't know i thought it was like a, a almost like an over dramatization it was an over it was over dramatic it was a well, histrionic representation of yeah. this dynamic well, I think it's interesting because I think that's where you what that's where Maya Hawk plays his daughter, uh, who is very upset that she's she's heard rumors about her dad. Yeah. Um, and he tells her that they're not true. And this is a know, scene he, like when he's a little bit older, he's like, yeah, they're not true. Oh, he so he says yeah. like they're people are jealous when they're jealous when they're jealous right. of you, they make up a lot of things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a thing. That's a that, that's a that's a thing that people that's the thing that narcissists often say, yeah. actually. <laughs> it's a little it's a little bit of like a well, the reason why they're just jealous is like, well, you might want to I don't know. Not that he was a narcissist, but that's something that I have been aware of as that. Mm. Um, but I think in that scene, she's very she's very upset. She's very upset. And it's not it's not delivered to the audience as like, oh, but, you know, honestly, she's fine with him being gay. She just doesn't like the cheating aspect of it. It's like, no, she doesn't like any of it. It's not it's not angled for us in a, a you know, in 2023 way that's like, oh, well, it's not that she's homophobic. It's that she doesn't like the idea of her her mom being cheated on. Yeah. Which I give the movie credit for. But I think that because if the source material is sort of coming from a family where there's a certain amount of discomfort with like, we love dad, but, you know, he's also some things that are we, you know, he did sort of not treat mom the way we would have loved or maybe even us the way we would have loved. There's some kind of like, like inability to go there and be like, well, I don't think the problem was that he was gay. I think he just was. If you're going to focus so much on his personality, the the issue is that he's he's 
actually very insensitive to other people. <laughs> he's very, yeah. he's like, I'm an artist. Leave me alone. It's an extension. Um, I mean, it's like people, people have, I've heard, I've read the comparison that like, this is kind of tar. Like it's a little bit of like, he, like is, Bra- Bradley is. Cooper is must that just have. The, is that the, it's like dumb, the drummers are dumb and conductors are egotistical maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe, that, maybe that's it. <laughs> is, that, uh, is that one of those things? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gone as far as to see that people are like, he must've been like pissed when he saw tar because he's in the middle of working on this movie and suddenly tar comes out and it's about a similar personality type of not even someone Avatar is explicitly abusive, but it's more just like someone yeah. who's just like all, they're all they're selfish. It's selfishness. But it's it's like the is but it's the ego to believe that you can conduct an orchestra is probably required. Sort of like the 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 narcissistic tendencies are required to be president because no, exactly. a normal person does yes. not like I can I can do this. <laughs> People said this about Bill Clinton, and it's and, and it's the same thing. Like the the, the classic case is Anthony Weiner. And I'm not saying the comparison, it's not even an apt comparison because maybe Bernstein was in an arrangement that was that worked out fine for everybody. But like people were like, how can Wiener or how can Clinton do this kind of stuff? And it's like, you don't understand. That's the, ins- it's the same thing. It's the mm-hmm. same instinct that drives all of it. And if it wasn't, it's the same thing that makes him want to send dick pics and be a moron is the same thing that makes him uh, be be a successful politician. And it's the same instinct at work. You, and if you shut one off, it's like shutting off the faucet. None of it would be flowing, you know, but it's all working yeah. together, you know. Yeah, but, but we just don't know because the movie isn't really giving us, it, it's not really, it's just like, like he... To me, Leonard Bernstein is most famous. Leonard Bernstein? Leonard Bernstein. Whatever. Look at we'll you said it too. It. I you did. Said it I too. did. I said it because you said it. Can't stop. Um, yeah. Uh, Leonard Bernstein is most famous for, to me, is most famous for West Side Story. Yes. Me as well. Me as well. So at no point do we get any sense that he ever wrote anything. We don't see him right. We don't see the. We don't see sort of in in uh, an artist struggling with their art. We see an artist struggling with his wife. We see, yeah, we don't see very much of him. I mean, he's trying to. Comp- I forget what late in the movie he's trying to compose some piece, and he like comes out and he has an yeah, argument mass, about the the mass, mass. which is oh, yeah. also interesting. Okay, how about that? What what he's Jewish, uh-huh. and this is like he's creating this work that's in conversation with. These pieces that are written by very by religious composers like Bach or something who are not in the Jewish tradition. Well, that's interesting. We've talked that's about this. We've talked about this a thousand times. All the great Christmas songs are written by Jews. I mean, this is I know that, the reality. but that's interesting that in an yeah. era when he, he like he rejects the idea of being Leonard Byrne earlier in the movie. He's like, well, the no, dad, the dad's like, uh, the dad's like, yeah. you might have to change your name, and he's like, no, yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he rejects that idea. So then later in the movie, if he's ha- he's like, I don't know enough about being a classical composer to understand it, but to even kind of get into it is like, I guess it's it's. You're funny, talking about the themes yeah. of a better movie. I mean, you're on What you're honestly saying is like, what if there was a better movie about Leonard Bernstein about about this instead of that? Yeah. You know? Well, because because I think if you're going to make if you're going to center the story on. This this notion that he was he was gay and his wife was frustrated with that. It's like, you know, even even in the 40s, people did understand that 
that gay people exist in this world, not in mm. every world, but in this world, in the yeah. world of she's an actress, she she's in theater, you know, she's not unaware of this concept. She's and she's seen more gay people than I've seen in my life. Like, I mean, she's she's she <laughs> yeah, is he's so he the way that he's OK. So there's a scene later, like slightly later after he's gotten married, he has his kids and he runs into the guy that he was. That he was sleeping with at the he very runs beginning into Bomer, of the movie. Yeah. He runs into Bomer. And he has a baby and a wife. And <laughs> Leonard Bernstein leans in holding a cigarette, which first of all, I was like, good Lord. So what an era. Uh, but then I was like, well, it's not real, but it's still eh, whatever. Um, and he goes... I had sex with both of your parents. <laughs> yeah. I was like, if that's how he's talking, then where was the scene he has pre with Felicia where he's like, hey, you know, I really like Dick. And she goes, yeah, me too. Well, that's what that's why I was like. He, yeah, you <laughs> like, see him say it. And he has. And this is BC. This is old Bradley Cooper. And in, in in, and he's. Uh, it's a, it's a God. I don't know this performance. I actually think this performance is bad, but it is fun when he's like, "I'm, a, I'm I just have so much love to give, and I'm raining it in. I'm raining it in." Uh, he, yes. I, 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 like it's a little bit of a nice moment because like, well, at least being honest about who he is, and I don't know. We haven't seen this scene with the wife. I don't know what the hell's going on with the wife or yeah, what but she then even what is, thinks. What is happening if if he's if he's if he's that? open in the artist community he would be also at home it just isn't plausible that someone who's married for decades well i don't know like you said it's the kids it's, it's whatever the kids said the kids might not know shit the kids may know nothing i mean like uh -huh. honestly if bradley cooper's going like so tell me what, what about your dad the kids may be like i don't know we don't know mom said she didn't know blah 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 they may be like no but i don't think i don't think that 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 isn't it it's like mom knew but i guess it's just like that's the draw if you're if you're going to center the drama on something and then not explore how that thing works it's like you're just going to say okay today we're going to learn mm -hmm. about bicycles yeah. and then you just say bicycles are cool to ride and i have a bicycle and um you don't go well bicycles were invented and here's how yeah, bicycles work yeah. and like that's all you're looking at and you're just telling me that sometimes people fall off bicycles. It's like you're missing the the <laughs> explain to me this first. Then you can stack on top all your feelings about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what feels essentially absurd about it is like you're I, I mean, it's also weird to have like an ostensibly straight actor playing a, a, a guy who's doesn't seem to be struggling with his sexuality, but has uh has a sexuality that we can't quite uh necessarily understand because the movie isn't isn't clear about it well i don't go i mean i don't I, you know me i don't go in for like you can't play that because you're not that like whatever he can play bradley cooper can play no, as gay the, as the day is long but he's not good at playing gay he's not good at playing this guy he's not good this is not <laughs> a good per he is not good as a gay jew he does not he it, it, it well, is I not a good what, performance I'm yeah, but I'm not saying whether someone can play something or not, but there's a there's like I think that there's an authenticity to like I've experienced the sensation of being the weird one or or perceiving my... He's never had a weird day in his life. Bradley Cooper has never had has never felt out of place in his entire life on planet Earth and uh another reason why the movies uh and by the way, 
I don't think that's fair because we don't know Bradley's heart. We don't actually know how he feels about things. Oh, and I'm not going to say it. Get out of here. Get out. No, of here. I'm just saying like just because someone is is has blue eyes and is a man doesn't mean everything's OK. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't just because he puts on makeup to look like Beavis. That makes me feel like something might not this be This man's right. got to turn it, transform himself into Beavis to understand any, yeah. even anything resembling heartache. I just, I think L- that now, by the way, I, yeah. I do really believe yeah. that there is something fair to say about like, I think there are some people who have something to tap into. Yeah. Like when I was talking to you about salt burn, I think there are people who have something to tap into. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but it has to be like, oh, you have a well of things could truly not work out. Well, Emerald Fennel I, has has a wonderful wealth of uh, growing up a, a wealthy uh, to understand a wealthy family in the movie great. Saltburn. Got it. Yeah. She she's got it. That's definitely I was, she was not like, talking can, about. Can, her. She's like can we film this on my family's <laughs> estate? No. Okay. Um, uh, that's the, why it was so low budget because those are her real parents. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, <laughs> now here's the thing. Yes. I am a you know that I'm a and we saw this movie together actually. A star is born. Yeah, I'm a Bradley Cooper star is born apologist. Yeah. Uh, also, I believe also camp. A camp also movie camp, yeah. is born. And That's I kind of like that movie. I like that movie on two levels. I I think that he some of the obviously like actor friendly improvisatory stuff that he does in that movie yeah. I think works, and yeah. I think some of it works intentionally. Some of it is unintentionally fun to watch, but I think it's a really fun movie to watch. It's one of it's, it was one of my favorite movies of that year is Bradley Cooper's the star is born. And so I kind of approached Maestro thinking like, if he uses those same techniques, he may end up with an interesting film. And he does like a lot of the scenes, a lot of the interactions with him and Carrie Mulligan, they see, they're kind of partially, they seem partially improvised. Oh, they probably are. Yes. Yeah. yeah, uh, There's a scene, I think where he talks about like farting on her or something or, or, or or, 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 no, no. Yes. He's talking about her voice. Yeah. And then, uh, like he specifies like your, 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 yeah, and then they get into this thing, and I was like, uh, "Okay, here's my problem. Mm-hmm. You can't you're gonna talk about farts with her because you, Bradley Cooper, and you, Carrie Mulligan, are comfortable doing that. But the people that would do that, and the the guy who would be like, I slept with both of your parents, would also be like, Hey, baby, mm, have you ever?" Like, have you ever wanted to be with a girl? Like, yeah, yeah, they were talking about that. Where the hell is that? Like, where is that? Because I don't truly believe that people can't be in relationships where, from the outside, you'd say, "Well, there's some sort of lie here, or you're you're not really living your truth." There's nothing because it's absolutely no one else's fucking business what you do, as long as it's something that you you both understand and consent to. And yeah, I agree with you. It makes you. I agree with you. Yes. But yeah. then if you're going to say, actually, she was miserable the whole time, but she did love him, then what What was the part that he was actually giving her that, aside from like, oh, you have no hate in your heart, which she says, but does he, is he paying attention to your feelings? Well, if you're charting <laughs> the movie, I mean, honestly, it's like the, the now this podcast has turned into essentially maestro, because all we're talking about is, is the damn gay element of the movie. But like, if... 
that's what you're interested in, Bradley Cooper. If what you want to do is talk about, I was gay and my wife didn't like it, or maybe she was okay with it at one point and not whatever. You have to chart that somewhat clearly. You have to create yes. like an, an yes. arc where we as the audience can clue in and go like, okay, yeah, I think I think here she actually like, I think during this period of time, she actually, and this can all be bullshit too. You, you're allowed to make it up, like make mm -hmm. up a part of this, yeah. make up something, make up a time in her life where she kind of accepted it. And then a time where she got jealous and then another time where she accepted it again, another time where she got jealous. I'll go along with it. Yeah. I'm watching the movie. I'll go along with it. But you have to tell me what's, what part we're in. I don't know what's, yeah. I don't know where we are. The, oh, there's only one scene and it's maybe my favorite scene in the movie. Snoopy. That's well, that's a different. Scene. That's a different. We'll get to that. <laughs> but as as long as we're on the as long as we're talking about the main theme, which is Leonard Bernstein, the gay man, the there's a scene where they are arguing like under a lattice, like under a, in a in the in a garden or something, like a gazebo. Mm -hmm. They're in some kind of gazebo, some thing he has on the property, and he's saying, "I brought Tommy to the here to the house because." Mm -hmm. I might he's saying like I might want to introduce him to the to our daughter you know or something and she's like and she's like well I don't know I, are you saying that's why you brought him and he's like well no I have a personal interest in bringing him they're having this kind of little tiff yeah. about like yeah. bringing what's obviously like his little boyfriend or something to the house and I'm like okay that's a good scene that's her getting like a, a actually annoyed I'm like watching like a real art it feel, and if and it's that uh, improvisatory flair the the Cooperian mm -hmm. uh, Cooperian improvisatory flair but I'm like, okay, this now we're in a scene. Now we're now we're yeah. actually like exploring like some of the. Now I know that she's a little irritated. For yeah. once in this two hour twelve minute movie, I know that she's like getting irritated. Okay, great. But the movie just doesn't have a lot of stuff like that. I think the problem. I think actually now that you're saying that, I think that my issue is that these scenes these scenes work in such a way that if they never talk to each other outside of those moments, it would make sense. But you're representing decades of this couple's life. Mm. There's no way that they wouldn't have had deeper conversations with each other in between the f the first time they meet and when she's in the hospital. And the that's missing from it. The yes, depth, I mean, yes, the depth yeah. of of like. I know you super well. Like, I know what you like to eat for breakfast. I know what weird hair products you put in your hair that smell funny. Like, I know everything about you. Yeah. Are you, do you serious? It's like not a shock when you bring some dude home. I'm like, all right, is another one. And like, what is your, what is your problem with them? Is it like these guys just want to kind of like be close to someone famous? That could just as easily be what's bothering her. That she's like, I don't care if you have sex with him. I don't like having sycophantic little. I don't like. I don't like man groupies. Yeah, I don't yeah. want groupies. Yeah, that's yeah. what I don't like. I don't like this. Yeah. like you get your ego boosted and then you're annoying because some guy's fawning all over you. That could totally be what's bothering her. That she's like, I don't want to care what you do with your dick. That bothers me. And that's so much. That's what's missing from it is like the maturity of a relationship where you know someone for so long and you're like. I know what I don't like about you and I know what I do like about you and the the thousand ways in which those things are going to come up it changes my experience of you. You don't you're not, it's not static. Like their relationship is so static from the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, and I think that that the cancer scene which you allude to which comes near the end of the movie, I think is 
it's well played and everything and it's fine acting, but I'm like, I think this is kind of disingenuous. Like, I, like, I, yes, I understand cancer is bad. Cancer sucks. I've been in rooms with people diagnosed with cancer. I've seen it. We've seen, we've both been, we've, we've all been in rooms where people die. If I wanted to make an Oscar movie about my own life, I guess I would put that scene in the movie. Is it a major scene? Is it the most important scene? I don't know. Like, and I don't know. Well, I think it's I, like, because it's like, showing that after all, he does love her and he does, he is with her. <sighs> I think that's what it, that's what it's trying to show is like, after all of this, he is just absolutely horrified at the idea of losing her, which I totally believe. And it's like, okay, yes. Then why were you so oblivious to her feelings for so long? <laughs> that's what, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit... <sighs> It's a little bit like deathbed confession or something. It's it just it's just a little bit like okay, oh well, now that you're the sickest you've ever been in your life, I, and I don't and I don't, I'm not making the statement against against Bernstein or, or her or anybody any anything. Uh, I'm just saying like in drama, this is all bullshit anyway. It's all made up anyway. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> but yeah. you're, so you're gonna say you're you're what you're this guy was kind of selfish until his wife until he had to take care of his wife who was like you know, uh, going through chemotherapy or something. It's like, okay. Yeah. I guess that's a, I guess that's it's just to me is not an effective. Yeah. But the to, reason to, why we care yeah. is because of the work that he created, not because this was a man that I had as a neighbor who was kind of oblivious to his wife's feelings. Um, and if I think that's what makes it so, <laughs> so campy is it's like, we we care about this guy because he wrote music we like, which is about people dance fighting, which is just that like <laughs> this is what this is what this guy made. And he made these these beautiful pieces and he conducted the at Carnegie Hall, all very impressive things. Why did he want to do that? What drove him to do that? Yeah. How did he actually write that work? How did that conflict with his personal life? How did it conflict with his relationship with his children? How did it conflict with his wife? How did it conflict with the other people that he knew? Did Was there a rift between him and the guy we see him sleeping with in the beginning because he's more successful? All of these elements that are like, well, that's the life of an artist. But the movie isn't the life of an artist. All great questions. Truly all great questions. And... That's the, you're describing literally the movie that I want to see, the movie that I had hoped to see. And I understand that his wife is an interesting element of that, too. But it's but so I, funny that he's that it's co-written by the guy who wrote Spotlight, which is all questions. Yes. <laughs> but like there's right now HBO. I put actually put it on when you when you called me. I had just put it on. It was called uh, it's a, some HBO Max. Um, they, they have an old it's like American Masters uh -huh. scene or something. And I put it on. And I'm like. Oh, this is great. You get Stephen Sondheim talking about it. You get so-and-so talking about it, the influence of so-and-so, Aaron Copeland, these other other characters that are interesting at the time. I personally love Bernstein music. I the 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 one of the best theater experiences of my of the last post-COVID times was seeing Steven Spielberg's West Side Story in a theater and listening to Bernstein's music loud. I remember mm -hmm. walking out going, oh my, I felt like being, that was when it felt like being back at the movies. I was like, I'm back at the movies. This is like the most beautiful music I've ever heard loud. The movies, you know, whatever. I really like the movie, but some people don't, who cares? But I'm like, all Bernstein, a great, great American artist. 
What are his influences? What created that? How did he arrive at that sound? Mm-hmm. What are, I don't know anything. Like Yeah, because no matter you know, how much he was like, uh, let me see your butt, he also worked with people. It wasn't just only guys that lurked around waiting for him to give them something. He also yeah. worked with people who helped uh, create an environment in which he came up with this stuff. You know, like it's it's oddly removed from the creation of art, which is weird when it's like, but aren't, didn't, what, are, as an artist, wouldn't that be the thing you're most interested in? I'll tell you but, a scene, I'll, like, t- I'll, t- I'll tell you a scene that, ex- <laughs> this is uh, jumping very, to the very, very end of the movie, but I'll tell you a scene which actually, which exemplifies exactly what you're talking about, which is the end, he's an old man and he's teaching yeah. a class. And he's yeah. teaching a younger composer and the composer's he's kind being of, tar. He's really tarring he's it really up. tarring it up with this younger <laughs> student and yeah. the kids struggling to kind of whatever, uh, struggling some conservatory, whatever he's struggling to kind of, I think it's Tanglewood, isn't it? Because they keep talking about Tanglewood. Is that oh, where they okay, live Tanglewood. or where they're, they're teaching? That's like the place with the big lawn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, he's at, he's there and, and then they cut to, and the movie has these tonal shifts. Like this is a cut from he's teaching the class to the, he's he's like having a dance party with the kid he just conduct he was just instructing to Tears for Fears and it's shout shout let it all out and you're like oh he was even though he's an old man he was still gay and vital and sexual and everything and it's like so Bernstein had thousands of oh, I don't know he had thousands he had hundreds of students over the years and what you're basically have reduced this to is like yeah and he kind of was trying to fuck this one or something it's kind of like what it is what that is it's like this man taught a miracle about classical music he has a whole series of 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 instructional was that because uh, he was trying to have sex with us all he was trying to have sex with everyone in that audience and tar (laughs) watched those videos and that's how she learned to have sex with her students i get it i get it Wait, was there a really extra special one that only certain people got in the mail that was how to have sex with your students after Tar. conducting class? <laughs> Tar subscribed like, to a special. Oh, yes, yes, yes. She got the special tape, the special Bernstein tape. The Columbia is, House. Uh, uh, I didn't order Santana yeah. Braxes. How to seduce your your first chair uh, cellist or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Yes. <laughs> Yes. I think the flaw in the movie is that it's it's someone with a tin ear talking about music. And it's 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 weird that nobody went, hey, psst. by the way, I don't think you understand this. I think that this is maybe a, uh, like that's the, the thing that that even though I wasn't a huge Tar fan, at least you just made up a lady. You just made up a lady. You didn't say, oh, this wait, is wait, the wait, truth. Wait, wait. Tar wasn't real. Sorry. Oh, that was real. <laughs> but you know like don't oh, don't take a don't you don't need you don't need the burden of a real person you could yeah. tell me the story of a pretend person and it's like well it's sort of based on this guy but the burden of a real person or even the burden of a, a, a reference to an actual event or uh you know an actual news story it's like there are ways to remove that element to it so where you can talk about it in a more um you know if you're really interested in what is it like to be in a relationship where you you love each other like they don't even have like a creative 
connection. He's like, oh, you're a great artist. And she's like, yeah, you're a great artist. Yeah, but that may but, be real, though. I mean, it's possible to be like, I'm an actor. I'm a composer. All right. Well, never the twain shall meet. Right. But we don't see them doing that is the thing. That's what I'm saying is like, yeah. if that's the connection that they have, then why aren't we seeing that? Uh, I But there is one scene in this movie, which I think is it fantastically weird. And it suggests that there is another... Uh, at least someone involved in this movie it, it okay so <laughs> leonard leonard bernstein is walking into his his lavish apartment mm-hmm. and he picks up a snoopy doll yeah and and he says that the snoopy doll was abandoned in the he says, who abandoned snoopy in the vestibule sure to be a meme yeah. already as yeah. i watched it i was like i'm this is being memed i'm sure uh, yeah. at, at, at the moment yeah i'll do it yeah. i'll put it on a t-shirt yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know, you know that I don't like Snoopy and I don't like peanuts. You have so a I, weird Snoopy, anti-Snoopy peanuts thing, which is like, I'm not Mr. Yeah. Snoopy, but you're, you're very anti. I just yeah, don't, yeah. I don't like peanuts yeah. and Snoopy gets swept up into all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Woodstock I'm okay with, but I don't like Snoopy. Uh, and, and then, uh, he and Felicia have a fight in their bedroom and, uh, the kids are, are outside and one of them is yelling like, it's Snoopy, Snoopy, you got to come out here. It's Snoopy. And then she says to him, I'll go. Mm-hmm. Which is, seems like a, a an oddly real moment of like, okay, we have been living together. We are married, blah, blah, blah. We have children. One of the children's yelling. I'll be the one to go and deal with it. Which is very, I think, a very standard thing that parents do where they go, oh, okay, I, okay, yeah, you keep being emotional and upset. I will go deal with the children. One of us has to do it. And then a giant Snoopy float in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade goes by and darkens the, the room. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, I don't know, I just, I was like, I was so happy to see it. Yes, I think I was that, so yeah. happy yeah. because I was like, okay, yes, if you're going to make like, like, just be nuts, okay? Like, go for it because people who end up being uh, great artists who are, uh, you know, they're they're swinging for the fences, right? Somebody who writes West Side Story makes fantastically weird choices sometimes that don't work out and then they make other choices and then they end up with this talk about dance fighting and and then it's iconic and amazing but not the first second it's out it's like oh that's kind of weird so putting (laughs) the macy's thanksgiving day parade as the backdrop is like yeah this is a big choice and the rest of the entire movie yeah you didn't make any choices. And it's I'm a like, really oh, cool artistic choice. It's like it's my it was it is my favorite scene in the movie. It's the only good scene. And it's a, it's where you where you step back and you say this is a movie made by a smart guy. A smart guy figured out the setting for this and how it would be funny to have this family argument against the backdrop of Thanksgiving of Snoopy going past the window. And the rest of the movie is made by a dumb guy. I think that's the problem. <laughs> is that it's is that yeah? It, I, don't almost, about, almost, I don't know about almost, dumb I, or smart. I, 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 I think it's yeah. more to me. It's more but uh, understanding, bra- bra- but more it's more brave versus. Uh, trying to make the movie correctly Hmm. like it's brave to be like okay i'm gonna do this thing and see how it works out and the rest of the movie is being trying is is he's attempting to make it 
so correctly and to make all the facial expressions correctly and to have the hair piece correctly. Yes. That it's yeah. like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like inferring a few things. Movies infer things. They move uh, time chronology around. They infer certain things about really. They invent whole scenes or what. I mean, and then every time this happens, it's like, Napoleon, that's not really what Napoleon did or whatever. But in this case. Was he boring? Because then that movie's very accurate. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I know I like Napoleon. I'm a Napoleon. I stand Napoleon. Um, no. But. Uh, you know what I do? I what? Every day I say. This Waterloo water is delicious. I think about Napoleon probably every day. Oh, that's right. You, yeah, you're yeah. always drinking that Waterloo water. Does that come from yeah. Waterloo? They get it from there. Uh, but, it's actually it's it's yeah. Napoleon's uh, great 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 granddaughter. She started the company. Mm. <laughs> probably she's the next Emerald Fennel. Uh, the the thing though is that like the the that the movie has Snoopy? all this stuff. Like what you're saying. There's multiple scenes. There's like a scene where they get interviewed by Edward R. Murrow. There's like a scene where he, there's stuff. There's all the movies like filled with all this kinds of shit. Well, the the Mahler scene is a big one where you're uh -huh. like, you did it, Bradley. You completely recreated the thing which is on video. And I'll bet you if I put them side by side, I would mm -hmm. be really impressed by how well you did it. Yes, and te you did technically, it. Yes. you did it. You did a good performance. You kind of emulated the voice. And wow, the nose actually, it's not a bad nose. The nose <laughs> looks good or whatever. Like you can make those, you could probably make a case for several scenes like that in the movie. Who gives a shit? Who cares? I don't, I'm not here. If I want to, see uh, uh leonard bernstein uh, conduct Mahler. i can watch the video it's it exists yeah. i can watch well the i mean i mean one of the things that made me want to do is like yeah i should i should show this to my kid i think this is the the idea of somebody you should show my story to your kid yeah i'm be like have a gay husband it's great uh no but i think it's it's like the idea that he spent so much time trying to present classical music as being something that that everyone should see also it's in sort of like a very particular era of american culture where it was like sesame street uh leonard bernstein like there was the idea that everyone deserves to have access to a better like a, sort of a an, an american education yeah for free that that it's not some sort of like ivory tower that you, you the only certain people are allowed to have access to classical music and that's a beautiful idea but we don't get any connection between the person who would do that and the person that we see in this movie. I mean, if he was doing it because he wanted other people to pay attention to how smart he was, okay, well, then that's why he did it. But we don't have, there's no, it's just like, oh, I guess he did that. But it's like, well, it's relevant to who he was as a person. If it's re it's extremely relevant. It. It's extremely re it's extremely relevant to the idea that he was a, that that. I mean, they they have the scene in the beginning where there's like, it's America's first great composer, or like, or it's like that's he's kind of being trumped up like that. He's also yeah. a Jew. There's you know, it's yeah. like these are kind of important things in terms of like what how he was. This is a guy who had his legacy in mind to a certain degree. He was probably thinking, what am I going to pass on, you know, and. I don't think the movie has to cover that, but I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe, ha maybe devote a little bit of time to it. You well, know? I would be mad if my only legacy was who I had sex with and whether or not uh, it, other people liked that. Oh, I would be into it because <laughs> my numbers are huge. When I die on my tombstone, just put my numbers, just put my body count. Because that's a that is a really god oh my god someone's gonna do that they're gonna just be like, put just put my body swipe, count because uh this year to this year 
Oh no, they're gonna say they're gonna put on their gravestone thirty nine. Please swipe right, and then <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just their their grave. Oh God, That'd that would be pretty is, funny. Actually, we are gonna get the first Tinder tombstone. Well, yeah. Well, I, uh, don't forget about me. I'm still thirty nine. Yeah, but that like what you're talking about is you're talking about a guy who who spent a lot of his career trying to make this stuff less high-minded, less... Um, yeah, more accessible to people. More accessible yeah. to people. His greatest works, you could argue, are some of the greatest works of... Whether or not you want to say this, however it's defined, West Side Story, this stuff is uh, American classical music. It's the same thing. It's yeah. American orchestral music. It's very accessible. We all know it. We all love it. It was yeah. probably the first... It was, it was the... I grew up in a house where there was classical music in the house, but West Side Story was some of the most played orchestral music, the, the music from that film. Um, it's, and he, and he was trying to give it to everybody, you know? And so yeah. maybe, maybe the film should also be try to attempt to be accessible to Well, then make that more. point. Say yeah. he was trying to give it to everybody. He wanted to make everybody be able to have access to him. Then Felicia says, you know, you make these. You spread yourself too thin. Yeah, you give yeah, yourself yeah. to everybody, yeah. and you don't give yourself to me. Easy, mm. boom, boom, boom. Make the connection between. He's trying to make sure everyone in the world knows that he's the greatest conductor. He's making this populist music. You know, maybe he feels like, well, I'm not the same thing as Mozart or something, which he sort of says something about, like, well, yes, but it's you know, it's not quite as good as if I was a little bit of a different composer, but. <clears throat> It's it's sort of like you're you're distilling him down to who he had sex with, which is really the it's not it's not a directly homophobic movie, but it's like distilling a person down to their sexuality is one of the main tropes of being <laughs> homophobic or um, or sexist. It's like you're accidentally doing it right now, man. Yeah, I would not, I would never say that this movie that this movie has no no homophobic intention in it. I don't even think it has an accidentally homophobic attitude. It's just where do you put the focus of your story? And yeah, it's like if the focus is all on if the focus is literally all on the relationship. Honestly, A Star is Born, again my favorite movie. Uh but no, a movie that I like better than this one, I'm like at least in that one, there's a sense of like some ego. I I could better tell you where at any scene in that movie he is versus versus uh, Lady Gaga is in terms of their jealousy toward each other or their um, their relationship dynamic. Well, the power it, dynamic in there is is it's, it's written better. You can it's, actually it's, see yeah, it. It's but I mean, better. it's and also even though the art like, the, the art is not like even that interesting. Six versions of it though, which makes it a little easier. There's than several versions up with of a it. New, yeah, but yeah, a new idea of it. But I'm like I'm like I even though that I would pro I would much rather I don't, I'm not going to listen to the Star Is Born soundtrack. I would much rather listen to the Bernstein. The art is much more interesting in the Bernstein movie, but. But uh, I would rather watch that movie again because I can at least go. Okay, I get where he's. I get where he is at this point and where they are. And uh, okay, and, but uh, and, and I actually understand them better as artists. I understand them. But I understand Jackson Maine better as an artist than I do Leonard Bernstein. Okay, but let's get real here. Better or worse than Beyond the Sea? Oh God. For Passion Project, I must be in this, even though it's not a good idea for me to be in this. <laughs> wow, I've 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 listened, I've read quite a bit of commentary on this movie, and this is the first Beyond the Sea mention. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're both I've like, seen. I've always wanted to make, I've always wanted to do this, and I'm going to do yeah. it. Even well, if Beyond everyone... the Sea is just a bad movie. Yes, that's a very bad movie. <laughs> uh, Maestro at least has some element. I do think the I think moments of performance are fine, and it has uh, an element 
Um, it looks wonderful. It looks beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I love it. We, I think yeah. we, um, on this show, I feel like half the new movies we've discussed have been basically bad movies shot by Matthew uh, Libatique, um, yeah. who mm-hmm. seems to just be caught in a spiral yeah. of like of beautifully shooting uh, uh, sort of mediocre movies. Yeah, um, but it, but it does really look beautiful, and seeing it, and, at and some home, of that is Bradley. Some of that is Bradley. Like there's there's shots where I'm like, you're doing it, you're doing Lawton, you're. And by the way, Bradley being a handsome actor or even just a dim actor, I'm like handsome actors and dim actors have made great movies since the beginning of cinema. Like you can be, he could be, I believe that Bradley mm-hmm. can be a great director to have to be reductive and say, well, an actor directing is not, that's ordinary ju- people, ordinary great people. Movie. Come on. Like yeah. Orson Welles is an actor. Like, like he could, and there's moments where I'm like, Bradley, you're bringing it as a director. You're a good director. Orson Welles better looking than Bradley Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you're in it. You're like the little round face, I guess. <laughs> No, I mean him and him and Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. He's good looking. He is a good looking guy. I mean, that's it's not like not not in Touch of Evil or something. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not, you're not talking about oh, they be late wells. <laughs> I'm like eat more candy bars. Uh, you're terrifying. I mean, then I would be like, I'm into the guys in Dune. That would be my, like. Oh, you're into Baron Harkonnen, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh. <laughs> no. Not my scene. I but okay. So I do think that if it if if you kind of like want to understand what I'm talking about, like watch humoresque. Uh I love humoresque. Humoresque. I love humoresque. Is, is, yeah. I think it has it has, you know, it has a relationship, it has as music. Joan Crawford is in it and uh it's John Garfield. Yeah, and John Garfield. And and Garfield it's so it's sort of weirdly cast because it doesn't seem like a guy who would actually play violin, but that contrast is interesting. Yeah. And there there's something like sort of there's a tension to it. And thinking about this movie and what the flaw is in it is like you need somebody who doesn't fit into this for some reason. And for that for that not fitting that that not fitting is generative. Like him being him knowing that he was uh Jewish. Or him knowing that he was gay, or him knowing these things about himself that ran contrary to what the successful people around him maybe he was perceiving. That's generative. That like, how do you defend the things about yourself that other people don't like? You 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 invent stuff. You you build armor, or you make creative works, or you do something. Like, I just don't believe that you, that it's not as placid as all that. It's just like, oh, I'm a genius. And then I go and do stuff. It's like, yeah, but you were also 13 with these feelings. Mm, and you yeah. were also aware in that era, you know, he was born in when? He was born in, uh, what, the, like, 1910? 19? 19... No, that's too early. No, uh, 1920. He was born in 1920. Like, you would, you would know that none of these things that you are are acceptable things. And that, yeah. like, so much comes out of that. And I think this movie, for I don't know exactly what reason, but it lacks that understanding that knowing that you are not right, you're not normal, is something that is a gift and a curse. And that's so much yeah. more interesting than what this movie is. And I because, think that, that uh, yeah, like, yeah. humoresque does have some of that of, like, that there, like that there's this... Uh, like John Garfield is such an interesting actor, like this this pushing and pulling of like, I'm uh, I'm like, like so much conflict in there. That's great. So watch that. 
<laughs> well, Garfield, but well, yeah. a few reasons. One is Clifford Odets is a writer, greatest yes. writer, well, probably greatest writer yeah. that ever Pretty lived. Pretty cool guy. Yeah. yeah. Second is that John Garfield, an actual Jew and mm-hmm. the most soulful actor in, imaginable. Uh, and then you got Joan Crawford in there. I mean, it's... Even if the movie doesn't, like you're saying, it's like it's a little bit ridiculous to see John Garfield with the with a violin, but you're like, this yeah, is a guy who but, understands. But that's interesting. This is a guy, this, yeah, this is a guy who understands. That's the Snoopy to the, part. Is it's yeah, John Garfield yeah. with a violin? That's the Snoopy yeah, part. That's Snoopy part. <laughs> but the movie is so much Snoopy part. And I would also say, unfaithfully, yours is a fun one that that has to do with affairs and a conductor. That's yeah. not that's not one that's that's particularly watched right that's now. That's Preston Surges. Yeah, with um. Uh, I like that movie. Yeah, uh, it's the uh, My Fair Lady, uh, Rex Harrison. Mm, yeah, fun movie. Like I think this movie would have fit better in a different era when uh, we would it would have just been been implied uh, that maybe he he was involved with men and just sort of implied so, so, some things about him were just implied and then the movie would work better because then we wouldn't be expecting an answer to certain questions because. Old movies were really quite adept at telling you what information you you really need and what information you can surmise from the Yeah, situation. and it would just move on. It's like the experience of watching this movie in a in a theater was like every single scene, A, every single scene, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a 10-minute scene. So we're going to be looking <laughs> at this same shot or series of shots for about mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And then every scene is about like, so are you going to the... Are you bringing him? Is he going to be around? Yeah. What are you doing with him? Okay. Oh, no, I'm fine, fine, fine. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and you're just like, it's the same. It's really like the same conversation. And you're just, and every time a scene starts, you're like, okay. The movie just doesn't have. And it's like, I can pull any scene and go like, yeah, I guess technically that's like a well-acted scene. But that's a, a movie is more than just a series of, of well-acted scenes it's a, it's a, they have to propel some kind of drama yeah, or some kind no, of thought, you know. And it seems to take place outside of history, which is weird. Oh, yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing no, else. It going doesn't on. exist yeah. in history. Like, I was reading about him and he conducted uh, the Resurrection Symphony at uh, JFK's funeral. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, well, I wouldn't even know JFK was president during this movie. Not not like I need that scene, but like yeah. I don't know what year we're in, except that REM does play at the end. <laughs> so I know that song. Well, it does have a there. There is like a jarring, uh, and I appreciate those scenes, like where he's doing cocaine or whatever, and and you can tell it's like, oh, we're in the six sixties or seventies or whatever. Like because it reminded you of the the. Uh... Uh, Star is born. They're <laughs> like he's doing drugs. Yes. Yeah, I was like yes, oh, yes. <laughs> it's like my movie Star is born. But I, but but there was a there was there. It does have sometimes a movie can effectively do that where it's like whoa you jump ahead. I'm trying to think of a movie I saw recently where it's like whoa we jumped ahead like well I guess she killed her the flower moon does this where it has a coda where you feel like whoa we're like way ahead in time and yeah. a totally different milieu or whatever stuff like that can sometimes be effective where you're like whoa we're suddenly in the 70s and he has a beard and doing coke or whatever and we don't even oh. know who the president is but um yeah. but, but that part i really liked at the very beginning i was like this is a very good call to show us the makeup immediately yeah, because there's the no way. Yeah. way we're gonna go into this gradually and not laugh so it's a good idea to just get it out of the way but yeah. this movie is camp movie's bad uh it's it's clueless it lacks uh an understanding of what being it shows you conf- being conflicted without 
under seeming to understand what that means which is boring <laughs> like that's the whole point of making a story isn't it is to delve deeper not to just be like here here are some here's some stuff that happened yeah and and it's and it's a shame because i think that like in terms of just formal presentation and like are there attractive looking shots and is it paced well and everything and it's like yeah bradley you you do have a sense of pacing and you do have you are you do have better taste than mm-hmm. i would have thought watching you in f- failure to launch or whatever yes it's like you did it bradley you've convinced me that you're <laughs> I don't sophisticated think he's in failure to launch is he he is he's one of the he's one of the friends both him and Justin Bartha are in that movie. But like, whatever. Like, Wait, like I, oh, so you're saying that Justin Bartha should have been the lead in this. Justin Bartha should have been the lead, the actor, the director, Bartha. Um, whatever. Uh, well, yeah, there'll I, be a I movie just, made about him later. Yes. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, Bradley, I'm conv- you got me. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with your style, with your externals. You did it. You're sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. I also believe that you know about Leonard Bernstein. I believe that you know about the music, but you forgot to cohere the everything together into a story I give a shit about well i think that's because it's because maybe it's because the idea of this man as being sort of like uh like a a very talented very well respected very egotistical person is so uh, is appealing to to someone to play but then perhaps the analysis that it requires to see him in a light that's interesting requires that of the writer director themselves mm, like if yeah, you're gonna play the, yeah, it's like the, oh yeah. i have the ego to play this person it's like that would be interesting for you to question what you're doing maybe you should ask yourself some fucking questions bradley cooper i mean but that that is essentially it you have but to I have think the you awareness are, you, owe you know? your audience yeah. that to be like hold on a minute what am what am i what am i doing here uh, or maybe that's just uh, <laughs> I like to introspect, but I like movies where I think I'm coming off of seeing a bunch of movies this year where I was like, "Damn, you really, you really made yourself vulnerable in this movie." And I think Carrie Mulligan does uh, very much so, and I think she trusting him in those scenes. You see her just like completely trusting him, and I'm like, "Eh, I don't think he's. I don't. I don't." think this you don't realize this isn't worth it i don't think she's very good in this movie i think she's good i think i think she's doing him, she's doing she jennifer the jason voice. lee's uh hudsucker proxy voice and she's i know just but that's not, not her fault that's like that's the assignment i don't think i i used to, when i saw an education i was like holy shit this is the new actor i was like this she is so good and then promising a woman in this movie, I'm like Mulligan, get it. Even she said I didn't really like. Her. I'm like, get it together. Like I don't know what you what you're. I don't know. Maybe just movies I'm not <laughs> enjoying. Maybe I'm just not enjoying the movies. Maybe she's fine, but I don't know. I thought but, she I thought she was good. I just thought that it was uh, another underwritten woman. <laughs> like what? Well, okay, but what? Well, for being underwritten, she's in the movie a lot. Yes, but that's what I'm saying is that he's underwritten too. It's like, who was this person though? Mm. <laughs> like you're in the movie a lot and I know he had a bunch of boyfriends who all seemed annoying. Like just a dud to a man. Like anyway, I think this should have been a musical. Should have been a musical. It should have been a fantasy sequence. Uh, There's a fantasy sequence. I don't think it's sequence. very I don't think it's very good. No, but on his deathbed, should the oh, like, whole movie all that jazz? Yes, it should have been oh. all that jazz. It should have been like 
He's dying of emphysema. He's ha- he's reflecting on his life. Why not? You can borrow that idea. That'd be a good movie. <laughs> and then That'd there would just be so many Snoopies floating around. <laughs> oh my God, a big... <laughs> the Snoopies start dancing. Oh my God. That, that'd have been a good movie. I can, you can, you could sell me on that, on that, um, on yeah. that Netflix original TV movie. I think Bradley, um, Bradley is, is an Edward Norton. They're like A students and, uh, there's nothing wrong with being an A student. It's just, it's not, it's, it's not as interesting as being, uh, uh, I honestly don't know what great to give this i I, I like this i like this a student thing I've, i have uh, there's a few people in show business that i think are a students norton's a student bradley cooper's a student you know who's an a student tina fey is an a student like people who are academically proficient at their thing and and then you go okie dokie like uh and it just kind of like is you're like okay you become you become like less and less interested in their output as their as their career goes on because you're just like yeah, you're going to do this. You're going to try to do this like c- correct, you know. I mean, this and is deep enough in the show. You can say whatever you want. I don't give a... <laughs> this is Christmas, baby. This is, this is what it all hangs out. Uh, let's do the yeah. Mama Panic Attack assessment real quick before we get into our final ratings. This is... Um, you, now, the, usually you uh, you uh, will have sometimes a reaction against a movie with kids. They have like 3,000 kids in this movie. Well, I lost ha- track of how many kids three, they have. Because I looked it up afterwards because I was like, okay. what is that other person doing in the hunting scene I feel like I saw four or five carriages in this movie at some point. I mean, they are, they are for they a guy three. that... They okay, have three they children. Three. Okay. They have children. Right. Well, come on. People yeah. can have sex with a lot of different people. It's this, We know this. Uh, but... At the end of the movie, they have three children, uh, and the only one that we really get to know is Maya Hawk, who's who's fine in the movie, but it just seems too mature and too worldly, really. Um, yeah, she plays as I mean, a character. She seems like Carrie yeah. Mulligan's mom, basically. Is yeah, she, she does. Yeah, she, she does. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. just she just seems like you know not old or something, but like a mature adult person who would be like so you're gay right <laughs> like that seems like her i know she she's like say. she's like is it true dad oh thank god it's not true dad yeah, i'm like you, I'm like, you, you I don't know you're think... you're maya hawk for god's sake you yeah. know he's gay i think you're yeah 25 years old <laughs> yeah but it's not it's a it's a the the vibe is off on that one yeah. um yeah but i think you know don't lie to your children uh that's that's terrible uh, don't compete with your children. Don't be weird with your children. Is maybe a, a good thing. No, um, mommy dearest uh, lessons. Yeah, uh, Joan Crawford. Yeah, Joan Crawford. Yeah. I mean, don't be Joan Crawford. Just watch Joan Crawford movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does. He does have uh, a thousand cigarettes near every child and near a baby. There's so much smoking in this movie to the point where there was one scene where everyone's smoking again, and I was like. Is this like a thing where someone involved with this movie was like, I'm sick and tired of people pretending people didn't smoke back in the past. They did. Let's show them. And it's like, mm-hmm. we don't. Yeah. So that one, that's the only thing where I was like, okay, don't lie to your children. Don't stop blowing smoke in their faces all the time. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. eh. Uh, but no, that's a G. If I watch a movie that's, that's, that where the, the acting is sincere Ah, sincere is the wrong word it's like um 
where they where they're looking you in the eye. I think this is actually what it is. Is it Bradley Cooper's not looking you in the eye as a performer or as a director. He's looking somewhere off in the distance and he's acknowledging that there's an audience, but he's not connecting with you. And there are actors in performances where it's like you are committing yourself, your human vulnerability to this moment because the scene is asking you to do that. The scene is asking you to be truly and relentlessly vulnerable in the scene where he's finding out his wife is dying. That's a horrifying moment. That's a horrifying moment. And the way that it's shot is like, we can't even really see them. And some of that I think is, is improving that he's like, Oh, let me get up and then I'll hug you. But that isn't going to, it doesn't affect me because I'm like, oh, you're too uncomfortable in this moment that is painful to just have it be painful. But when I'm, it is, yes, yeah. then I'll respond to it immediately. This whole movie, I was like, oh, wow, she's talking about, you know, being sad, wasting her life, blah, blah, blah. And at no point was I emotional about it. I just think you're just, you're 100%, name me one scene in this movie where you were not 100% aware that you were watching actors. And I'm not saying this like yeah. in a, in a, well, some of it is like, wait a minute, I, think this, I thought this was a movie. <laughs> this, this, was this a movie we were watching? I'm saying like, just like name me a scene where you felt that Bradley Cooper's, where you were not like actually studying Bradley Cooper's technique or his voice or his affect. Or well, I was just looking at someone doing something. I was looking, looking at, at a person doing something, which yeah. is compared to like I did, you know, sort of off of the the uh, uh, Leonard Bernstein's mu actual music. I watched on the waterfront kind of recently and watching it, I was like, I am amazed at Marlon Brando now. I get why people would have been sitting in a movie theater being like, what is happening? What is happening? This guy is just in this story and he seems to be really just talking to this lady. Oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like how, how, how like, Oh God, that's that. This feels like a person and I'm kind of bothered by it. And I think that's what makes some performances. So or some movies like they, they 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 create an environment in which people feel secure enough to go to that place. And this movie is just a biopic. It's a campy biopic, which doesn't allow any of the actors to go to that place, and which is a waste, really. Because I'm sure every one of these people have that place. Uh, Sarah Silverman? Sarah Silverman has definitely uh, yeah, Sarah Silverman uh, for sure. Sarah Bradley Silverman, 100%. Sarah Silverman has yeah. felt has felt Well, she has a she has a whole separate thank kind of thankless role. I mean, it's not that's this is not her uh, uh, chance to cry and scream and No, but and, it's not even crying. Emotion. It's like she comes in and she plays c cigarette lady who knows her brother real well. That's like yeah. well, that's not a person. <laughs> uh what are we going to rate this movie out of, honestly? What are we uh, going to... Cigarettes? Uh, they do just smoke Annoying little boyfriends. Because <laughs> they're all annoying. Not a good one in the mix. 
There had to have been one that was like, well, honestly, though. That <laughs> we boyfriend. We could just rate it on annoying little boyfriend. <laughs> uh, there had to have been one where it was like, oh, but he played checkers with us, so at least we sort of liked him. Yeah, I think, I mean, we could do, I mean, we, there's always uh, abandoned Snoopies in the vestibule, but I don't want to give the movie <laughs> that satisfaction. I think... I, I think we I think I want to give it the satisfaction of what it was trying to do. I think we should say uh, annoying little boyfriends. Why not? Yeah, annoying little uh, annoying annoying boyfriends. <sighs> Maestro has a wonderful subject at its center. Leonard Bernstein, Steen, however you you know however you choose to pronounce <laughs> it this holiday original season. Original spelling, Bernstein, Steen. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Mandela effect that he's. <laughs> <laughs> Baron oh, Stain. Ba- Baron uh, Stain. <laughs> well, that's how you say it. <laughs> uh, the main, you know, I just thought I, I think, and I was kind of thinking about this recently because I was thinking about in the last couple of years when I, whenever I go to New York, I meet people who have a greater connection to, I would say, the musical theater world. And by this, I don't mean gay people. I mean like people who grew up growing to Broadway shows or they grew up kind of aspiring to be in Broadway or they know all the songs to all the show tunes or whatever. And I think there's a certain level, there's a certain level of musical theater brained person that I think this movie is aimed at that I'm just not. I just cannot accept this level of embarrassment in uh in something that's that's problem one like for instance and i don't mean i say feel like i mentioned blank check a lot but if you listen to blank check they like this movie at blank check they actually they're like they're they're like they mention everything that's like not good about it and then they're like but actually i think it's a masterpiece it's like what the fuck are you talking about guys but anyway like there's a certain there's a certain no no to each his own but there's just a certain kind of viewer that's like no we this to us this is like this is good this is like a good movie and i'm like a the actual just technical feat of recreating Leonard Bernstein's look and pulling it off is embarrassing and B the movie is not engaging uh, on a dramatic level. And so uh, are there strengths in the movie for sure? Yes, but no, uh, this is like a, um, I'm just gonna, this is like a two annoying boyfriend movie. This is not even a two and a half. It's like a two (laughs) annoying boyfriend movie. And there are more than two annoying boyfriends in this movie. Yeah. All right. I think I liked it more because I immediately believed that it was camp and I watched it with that view. Yeah. It's very sincere and it's very misguided. It's like, you really don't need to be making this movie. And I think A Star is Born is is also bad, but at least this one isn't the most incredibly depressing. Both of them have a really really laughable accent at the center of them (laughs) you don't need to have weird accents and be incredibly tan just you know just talk it's okay to just have the accent you have um actually watching it i i was just thinking back on that you know this thing of like if it actors who are from la or actors who are from canada are like uh let me come up with a brooklyn accent because it does not cool to just sound like me like, yeah <laughs> there's a, it's like the your gosling. face is fine the you can, yeah. yeah it's like yeah. you just just play a person that has your face you it's not really necessary you could just you could actually just play the guy without the makeup it's it would be perfectly acceptable you know and i think yeah. adding the makeup to it 
sort of reveals something in that is absurd about it. It's like you want to have the artifice of this story without really exposing any of the skin uh, and the vulnerability of the story. And I think that it's just such an easy to grab analogy. It's like you, you, you've covered yourself in a second surface, so we don't actually ever see you. Oh, that is a good analogy. <clears throat> but the movie is that. The movie is like, oh, look, I put on a, uh, a giant, um, like, um, Mission Impossible suit. <laughs> like a fake face on. He put on uh, a fat bastard suit. He really like did, said, though. Yeah. And I think that's sad because it's it's like we're all scared of uh, people thinking we're untalented or stupid or not pretty or all of the thousands of things that people can think. And that's what you make movies about. That feeling not to the feeling of knowing and understanding everything. Yeah. Like tell the story from the trenches. And because the story doesn't, it's, it's funny. And I think it's an enjoyable movie to watch if you're seeing it as funny and as sort of like, like American nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of great American nonsense. It's just like, it's, but it harkens back to movies from the forties and fifties, which were just like, Everyone was so glamorous and they had shoulder pads and you, it's just like wonderful. Just it's a, it's a vibe, baby. Now like, yeah, but this movie is bad. Uh, but I would still say, uh, I would give it three annoying boyfriends. Three annoying boyfriends. I mean, yeah. I think that's fair. Cause I, I think, think that Snoopy a, part, yeah. it's like, if you just watch this through <laughs> and you like watch West Side Story and watch this. Snoopy part's like, doing a lot of heavy lifting, honestly. Yeah, but I think, <laughs> I think if you watch this without the expectation that's going to be like a meaningful biopic and you watch it as like, honestly, what almost all biopics are, which are just ways for the lead actor to show off how much makeup they're wearing and how much they nailed the voice. It's yeah. Almost every biopic is like that. Well, I feel like, uh, by the way, I think that the, the, as you were uh, explaining the, the, the faults of the movie, I, I kind of re- reflected actually on movies we've talked about on this show. One was Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And then a very early episode we did was on being the Ricardos. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is a now becoming a thing where you're like, interesting subject, pretty good or too great um, portrayal uh, of the person wrong focus like wrong focus <laughs> the focus is wrong you're you're yeah. you're totally off like your script is bad I'm sorry like you're off you're off Oppenheimer impeccable movie in, in so many ways the third hour I'm just like what the fuck are you talking about where are you taking this story I love Lucy I'm like Jeez, like what, what J. Edgar Hoover making a telephone call? Like what, where did you find the drama in the story? Well, you're Maestro leaving out is the J. Edgar Hoover movie. J. Edgar <laughs> Hoover is another, I mean, that's another one. I mean, that's honestly maybe another one. It's actually one kind of, of Army Hammer's but, greatest roles. Yeah. It's kind of close to Maestro. It's actually kind of a little bit close to Maestro. And, and it's, um, I think that and, it's just, yeah. it's like it, part of what makes it feel like a movie from the past is like, Someone being gay is not a premise. <laughs> it's not gay a premise. Is, as they said in improv, as, as they, as, as a, <laughs> it's just not a premise. As, uh, I remember doing a scene in improv once and Seth Morris, a great UCV uh, 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 teacher said to me, uh, gay is not a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Meaning uh, if you go in and, and, and you, uh, you're, you play a gay guy in a scene, that's not the funny part. Nope. Yeah. Nope. But yeah. that was not 
last year that he said that, right? No, he said that about almost 20 years ago. Right. So (laughs) can we stop it? It's not a plot. It's just not a plot. People's relationships are complicated and that's interesting. But this movie is not uh, is unwilling to go to truly delve into uh, <clears throat> anything that could be perceived as a genuine flaw because it's still riding on like, well, but he was gay and he couldn't help it. It's like, okay, but he could help uh, a million other things that were involved in his relationship. Let's talk about that. That's interesting. But instead, watch humoresque and this, you know, get a weighted blanket, lie down, have some popcorn, <clears throat> watch these two movies back to back, and you'll see what I mean. Humoresque I mean. is, uh, that's, a, uh, I mean, uh, over the years, and it's not a lot of, it does, uh, I forget who directed Humoresque, but it's not like a, um, I feel like it's overlooked, and I feel like it's it's a great, and it's just, God, it's such a good script. Oscar Levant, too, also good, yeah. good part for him. Uh, Oscar Levant. What a face. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they don't put, they don't let mo- faces like that in the movies anymore. No. Well, and he's in the bandwagon. He's great. I mean, oh, uh, really? let me let me just once again say <laughs> the bandwagon. Watch this movie. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's like it's very clear eyed about certain sort of like industry nonsense in a mm. way that is, is surprising. And I also, there's no business like show business comes from that movie. That's where it's from. Yes. No way. Yeah. So uh, that's. He should have just made a movie about the making of the movie Bandwagon. <laughs> I don't know. If you're listening, Bradley, we got your next project. If you're listening, Bradley, just baby. You don't have to be good at it all the time. You don't need to be standing up at the actor studio asking the right question. Ask the wrong question. Ask the dumb question. Yeah. And you'll find your way to something more interesting. And God, I hope so. Uh, and you know what? By the way, I'm the reason I'm I'm being I feel like I've I've been critical and mean to Bradley Cooper or something. And even just thinking about the idea that, that I'm like I'm like this is actually comes from a place of 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 really believing in Bradley Cooper in a way as a talent. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt in a lot of ways because I th- because I did like Stars Born. I do think he's like tries. I think he's trying. Yeah. You know, I think he's he's I think he's high minded. You know, and so it's just. That's why maybe it's, it's just I don't know. I'm, I, I it's yeah, frustrating because I, I can I can see the great film in <laughs> Reach here. It's almost like you can see the see a better film in Reach, but yeah, but you can't you know. see it because it's covered in makeup. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. This is like don't um, I don't know. It's it's camp. Congratulations! I can't wait to watch it at the cemetery. <laughs> Uh, well, that is uh, it for our uh, uh, emergency session, our uh, our Christmas uh, emergency <laughs> session of Maestro. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you've gotten to wherever uh, you needed to go here on your commute. And uh, we uh, thank you for tuning in uh, for this little, uh, little, uh, um, we just had to do present. it. Just a yeah. little, little extra, little snack, little uh, cookie, little cookie. You um, know what? It's not. There's no business like show business. It's that's entertainment. I'm so stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's entertainment. entertainment comes. From, oh, okay. Bandwagon. Comes from that movie. Sorry. Oh, okay. A little, right. little quick correct because I was like, that's too many words. I'm remembering the title. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's entertainment. Yeah. That's yeah. Entertainment. entertainment. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I've never seen a That's Entertainment movie. Those movies are just compilations, right? Right, but then they, they yeah. named a movie after the song in The Bandwagon. So, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. yeah. Well, I'll see it. Vincent Minnelli. I like Vincent Minnelli. Yeah. Um, yeah, we have another yeah, episode. Why, why didn't Bradley Cooper make a movie about him? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's another guy who was involved with music and uh, and had a had a difficult relationship with a woman. Uh, yeah, this is just a little bonus episode, but we, uh, we'll be back on actually, uh, in a few days, uh, check out our final alone for the holidays episode that lands on December 26th. That's, uh, boxing day. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so a little extra episode will sneak in as well, uh, before uh, the end of the year. Yes. Um, yeah. And have a, a very happy holiday and, um, Make those uh, New Year's resolutions to, um, I don't know, make a movie yourself. Uh, do some art. Make a movie yourself. Answer, answer. You know the best criticism of a movie is you make a movie. And by the way, if you wish to live, leave us a little gift, please give us a review on yes. iTunes. Uh, yes. Subscribe to our Patreon, which we are uh, in the process of uh, getting back up and running and uh, with new episodes. And... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's coming. All right. Bye. Bye.